everybody and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Yes, we are here, back in your ears, back in your eyes if you're watching us on YouTube, to talk about qualifying. Now, there's a lot of chit-chat around sprints and Baku coming up, what's going to actually be happening in terms of qualifying and everything else. So we thought we would dive into the history of qualifying in Formula One and all the different formats they've had, and rate them on a scale of 0 to 10. Isn't that right, Tom Bellingham? Hell yeah, sharing our washed opinions about what we think is the best qualifying format. Exactly. Uh, We always share our washed opinions, so it will be no different to any other podcast you've listened to. Um, But yes, it's it's a weird time, isn't it, now? We're just over a week away until... We don't have to do this for a while. I think we've got six yeah. six races in almost as many weeks. One week till quali, though, actually, because it's Friday. And That's it's true. A sprint. Week today. Amazing. We get some qualifying. Good to see. Hell yeah. Uh, now, before we dive into uh, the chat, we need to share with you a five-star review. If you want yours to be shared, leave us a five-star review. Tell us why, and we may well read it out in the next episode. This one comes in from NZ Bex in New Zealand. From two lads who know Wheel debatable and have a unique turn of phrase and unbridled enthusiasm for f1 this podcast is a laugh a minute unexpected roller coaster of hot takes on the f1 environment take a listen you won't be disappointed and if you're lucky you'll even get a frank waffling in your ears too keep it up lads love the work i think frank's in the room so he may you may well have heard that review he has he's already like nudging my arm oh no trying to trying to get on the podcast standard frank god he's so, he just loves the limelight doesn't he frank he he, does. he's using you he knew he's actually the opposite of me like he wants to be on stage and living his best life maybe and... in the next live show we might have to bring frank that would be <laughs> that would be absolute chaos <laughs> you imagine but that's what people would want i think so yeah, chaos true. is fun anyway let's get into the qualifying format shall we and begin with two-hour-long sessions, which happened between 1950 and 1995. 45 years of this qualifying format, Tommy. Uh, Let's dive into what actually happened in those sessions. So on Friday, there was a one-hour session. On Saturday, there was a one-hour session. And the best time from either session would count as your qualifying time. Hmm. So we're going to rate these from 0 to 10. Um, this one, I can't believe it was a 45-year-long format of what is essentially just practice, but timed. Yeah, that, I think that's the perfect way of explaining what it what it was. I think you could tell that this era was an era where qualifying wasn't even really televised, uh, and they weren't thinking about a TV format, because, yeah, if you think that you have a full hour session on the Friday, full hour session on the Saturday. And you could actually end up with the pole time being set on the Friday. If it's a washout on Saturday or the track conditions aren't as good, you could turn up, imagine you're sitting down for Saturday quali and it's like, oh no, you're at work, but you know, Michael Schumacher's already set a lap that's three seconds quicker than anyone. So sorry about that. Not, not, not the most TV friendly one. That's for sure. I, I enjoyed the Schumacher reference, despite most of this not being the Schumacher era. So I really appreciate you, you know, just kind of tickling my uh, my Michael Schumacher ego there. I love it. I a couple, I guess, yeah, probably maybe two years. Yeah, of Schumacher. two years out of the forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yes, it's uh, one of those sessions. Well, one of those formats that just, as you say, was not not 
TV suitable. It's clear that they just went, oh, well, we'll give you, we'll give you guys a couple of hours. You can sort it out over a couple of days and then we'll sort out the qualifying from there. It, it really does seem as though that was not the priority by any stretch, which is crazy to think that up to 1995 as well, they still hadn't clocked on that this was a terrible format. No, but like I say, I just I don't, I don't think they even aired qualifying, even in like the UK where Formula One was really popular. Like it just wasn't on it's television. It's not in '95. Uh, don't believe so. Uh, it might have been around maybe yeah, like around the '90s. But I guess like in '70s, '80s, early '90s. Don't think they they really showed much of it. Now you know we're we're outraged if they don't show every second of testing um, in an era where content is you know you can you can absorb everything but but back then you know it was just kind of like here's the grid welcome uh five like few minutes of build up on the sunday and here's the race that's such a true point about having content and us wanting testing i can imagine twitter in the the sort of 60s and 70s where it was really popping off uh with people missing out (laughs) on on coverage Uh, so so the rating i'm gonna give this is a solid one out of ten it's just not suitable for any modern day Formula One fan because I don't. I, you need the jeopardy. You need the excitement of qualifying. You need that that clock counting down that isn't an an hour worth for that that sort of excitement to to kick in. And that's why I'm more on the other side of the spectrum of one lap shootouts and things like that being the way forward. Spoiler for the ones we speak about later. But yeah, this one just has no excitement put into it. Yeah, I've gone for a 2 out of 10 for this one. It's not um, the worst qualifying ever, but uh, I agree with you in that that it lacks any kind of jeopardy and um, the next one we go into is similar, but not having the the kind of... I I think the thing that kills it the most is that someone could essentially get pole on a Friday or uh, even... Not not just that someone gets pulled on a Friday, but the whole Saturday session be completely redundant, and it just seems daft to have a whole one hour session when you know if there's a bit of drizzle in the air or or something, you immediately know that you you're in for a whole hour qualifying session that's going to mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Okay, we now move to the second qualifying format, and this was a one-hour session, and this happened between 1996 and 2002. Uh, so it's exactly as it says on the tin, a one-hour, 60-minute session, uh, and 12 laps available to the drivers during the hour. So they couldn't just pound around and do laps on laps on laps. No. Still, 12 is, is a lot of laps uh, for... Uh, drivers to have uh, in one qualifying session. Although that includes in and out laps. Okay, so, slightly so, less so it's again. like four, four runs, I guess, but still quite quite a lot. So, do, do you, I mean, this was this was you know peak Tom Bellingham era. I reckon you were, you know just just reaching your thirties <laughs> at this point. So, um, you know, what was your thoughts on on this six year stint? Well, this this was the kind of yeah the thing I grew up with where you had. The one-hour session, so they ditched the Friday session, which I guess you know that that was the problem that we just mentioned with the the previous one. That you kind of want it all to happen um, in this session, uh, but the problem was with this era 
is, uh, as we know now, and why we've got the format we have today, is that people just sit in the garage. You see it during practice sessions. People sit in the garage and they wait for the track to be cleared and the better track conditions and people have laid down rubber and all that kind of stuff. You want to go out in the session later. So imagine a qualifying session when you've only, you've got, you know, four laps to run in a whole hour. People would just sit in the pit lane. And as technology advanced and um, it was a, a bit less kind of, crazy uh with with kind of strategy and stuff and and people just doing as they pleased the engineers were sensible and everyone would just wait in the pits and the the worst team would probably go out half an hour into the session so you had half an hour of everyone just waiting in the grandstand everyone watching at home going this is terrible and it got to the point where it had to change because you were waiting so long for it was this the qualifying era where we saw three drivers set exactly the same lap time? It was, yeah. Was that uh, Jerez? And, uh, it was Jerez yeah. in 97. Um, yeah. Uh, th- you had you had moments where it came down, like, like that was a really exciting session, but I think the problem was it was so... The stopwatch was broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either that or, or the fact that you can watch back and... It's, it, this is just classic Formula One, really. You you can look back at anything on YouTube and it looks far better because you're not watching a whole hour. So you you can look back at highlights of this era and see Mika Hakkinen and Michael Schumacher trading fastest laps and it looks like the greatest thing ever in a five-minute clip. But the reality <laughs> is f- like 45 minutes maybe beforehand is... Uh, not really a lot going on, and then the best track conditions are at the end. So you do have that crescendo, if you like. Um, but then equally, sometimes you might get a little bit of rain at the end, or and and then you you've got the opposite problem where it's forty five minutes <laughs> at the end of nothing. Um, so you can see why they went went to the to the format they've had had today. So I'm going to give this one a four out of ten. Uh, of course, that sort of beginning part well most of the qualifying part of nothing really going on is of course a massive turnoff for a lot of people but then i suppose as i said i like to have the excitement at the end of a qualifying session that crescendo as you call it using that music degree i like that tommy good good work um really got to pay 40 grand or whatever it was for that <laughs> yeah well look you've, you've brought it into your work i love it um so yeah four out of ten for me i think that there were that that end part and the fact that they were limiting the laps, even if it maybe still was too many, um, is uh, is at least a nicer part than what they had previously. Yeah, definitely. I've gone for straight down the middle, five out of ten. It's just good, but not great. It was kind of yeah. No, normally with these things, uh, a lot of people are nostalgic about the uh, the thing they grew up with. Like the best era is this, and this was the the era I grew up with and my my childhood qualifying format however i don't think it's the best and i can absolutely see why they changed it uh and i think they changed it for the better and for very good reasons are you trying to say the uh the olden days wasn't the glory days tommy are you not gonna no when you're in your retirement watching... home when you're 70 80 years old you're not gonna be like, oh i remember back in my day one hour sessions they were yeah. the best <laughs> they definitely weren't no they definitely weren't we now go to the next format which is one lap qualifying between 2003 
and 2004. So let me run you through this as there's a couple of different versions. So the 2003 version, uh, well, actually, let me start with the first session decided the order that they went out. And the second session was the quality result. So one lap to set your lap. In the 2003 version, uh, on Friday, you would go out one by one in the champ in championship order. And then on Saturday, the slowest driver on Friday goes first and fastest last. And that obviously you know, ties into the fact that you wanted the best track conditions possible. And I suppose in the majority of those, that would work out quite nicely, apart from if there was potentially uh, changeable conditions towards the end of a session. And then all of a sudden, you didn't want to be uh, going out last. But in the 2004 version, slightly different, both sessions were on the Saturday. The first session determined by the order from the previous race. <laughs> so uh, in 2004, rather than Friday, where uh, they went out in championship order, this was the, the previous race. So for example, uh, if we were doing it today, who finished last, uh, whoever finished last in the race before would go out first and then, no, sorry, Verstappen would go out first because he won the race uh, for the first session. And then whoever finished last in the race would go right at the end and have the best track conditions. Oh, so they tried to make it a little bit fairer, or not fairer, but give the uh, the slower teams slightly more of an advantage. Yeah, they tried to they tried to give an advantage in that first session uh, to the slower teams, but the problem was, uh, and this is the same with the two thousand and three version. You essentially had a whole session just to determine the order of what was happening so it did feel a little bit pointless in a way mm. that that first that first session because if you'd have I, and i can see why they did it because the second session uh, and the main one where there was actually the qualifying result happening where like this is qualifying you do want the quick drivers at the end because that's more exciting however it just didn't change it, it didn't change enough like 2003, for example, uh, obviously they went out in championship order. So Minardi, like the team at the back, would have the best track conditions on the Friday for qualifying. But they're so slow. It didn't matter. And there was actually a weird <laughs> situation in 2003. I want to say France where it did rain and Minardi had the best track conditions. And on Friday, Minardi finished first and second. And it was it was painful because you were like, that would be so good if it was Saturday because it would have been them on pole. But actually all it meant was they just were, were going out at the end of the session on Saturday and it was just dry and the Minardis were so slow that it didn't really do anything anyway. So they qualified like 20th. So it kind of made it a bit, a bit pointless. I guess they wanted a, a mixed up order. I mean, one lap qualifying, this is 2003. So this is an era where Michael Schumacher has, absolutely dominated for the last kind of three seasons uh 2002 in particular uh, i mean that year was absolutely unbelievable like he was so so dominant just winning almost every single race uh so this was the era where they were very much like we need to do everything to <laughs> kind of uh slow schumacher down and actually one thing that comes to mind in the one lap qualifying is i was at silverstone I think it was 2004. And yeah, this was the era where they do both sessions on the Saturday. 
and uh, the first session determines the order of the previous race. But what actually happened was Michael Schumacher spun off on his qualifying lap and everyone cheered and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe Schumacher's made a mistake. And then Barry Keller went out and went off. And it was like, this is weird. And then the next car went out, I think it was Coulthard, and he slowed and he stopped at the finish line, waited like 20 seconds and then rolled across the line. And then you realized what they were doing was there was a rainstorm predicted. So everyone wanted to actually go out first. So everyone was deliberately setting a bad qualifying time so they could go first in the session. And it was all a bit farcical, but a weird quirk of of that that rule i guess yeah I, I i do remember that actually so you were there when that happened everyone was like oh my god can't believe schumacher's made a mistake and then peak schumacher is the mistake was actually on purpose <laughs> to get the better result well at least he tried to disguise it whereas david coulthard just stopped on the line and was like right when can i go over yeah now okay exactly. perfect it was weird. that's that's crazy um as you can probably imagine from the last five minutes of discussion one lap qualifying in 2003 2004 was not the easiest to understand for formula one which is fans. weird because it should be. Yeah, but there's so many different tiny details that changed a lot of what you were actually watching. So no wonder Formula One was a niche sport back then and was for, you know, up until pretty much sort of 2017 was that, yeah, you would watch a session, but then, oh, right, why are they going out first now? Oh, why are they going out last? Oh, what, are they running full fuel? Oh, we don't know. Uh, you know, and it's it was a quite a difficult thing to watch. Now, I know you said... Qualifying is all about having as little fuel as possible and ragging the car around. But I actually quite enjoyed the element of the unknown that happened when qualifying was with, uh, you know, you, you determined whatever race fuel you were going to have to start the race on Sunday in, uh, in that qualifying session because it did mix up the order somewhat you had Yarno yeah. Trulli on pole a lot of times because he just put one liter of fuel in and went and went round and and, and got pole just for from some, some sponsors I think for Toyota um yeah uh, so, so yeah there's there's all kinds of elements that I actually quite enjoyed about that and one lap qualifying in particular so this is why I'm going to rate it an eight out of ten I really enjoyed it as you will have heard from the podcast I want some element of one lap qualifying in Q3 moving forward because it has that absolute drama at the end of a session. And also the fact is there's no mistakes. You cannot make a mistake in a one lap qualifying shootout. Now I don't want it throughout the entirety of the formats. I think Q1, Q2 should stay the same, but Q3, little one shot quali, lovely. And also I think it gave quite a nice element of showcasing each driver as well, um, which you don't necessarily get in normal qualifying sessions these days, is you got to watch every single person's lap. Uh, and yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it definitely helped with the problem we get nowadays, which we complain about a fair bit when, you know, say we're, we're in Q3 and someone interesting that maybe not normally in Q3, like a Yuki Sonoda or someone is doing goes purple in Q1 uh, in sector one. Yeah, and they're doing their lap, but we're watching Verstappen on a slow lap coming into the pits, or or even just Verstappen on a lap that's not improving. They'll always focus on the leaders, whereas in this, you get to see everyone's lap and they get their their kind of airtime. And and I guess um, yeah, I, I'm going to go for a seven out of ten. Uh, I did really like it. I don't think it's it was perfect. I think they could have done it better um i think for me the plus that they're, they're definitely the pluses that you get to see everyone's laps um and it rewards kind of 
not not really like tweaking and setup. You just go out who can do the best lap straight away and they're they're rewarded, which I think is a is a really cool format. Um but I think it's let down by the fact that yeah, you had to one, they had this kind of Friday or early Saturday session where they essentially did all of it again just to determine an order, which I feel like personally was a bit of a, a waste of time um, and not particularly uh, interesting. They should have really uh, just then, done one session and had the back markers having the best track conditions and that's it. You know, that, that. Yeah, yeah. But then the problem is with that, you don't want the fastest going out first because then, it, then it'd be boring and then people will switch off because you're just like, oh, cool, the Minardi is going out last and they're 17th. Or maybe they should have <laughs> covered the track in Greece. Or something. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's interesting. I think the reason why I actually like this format so much is because I'm a big fan of like the Winter Olympics, and yeah. you know the the skiing. You know the ones uh, where they have the gates and they go down the hill. I don't know what it's actually called. Yeah, slalom yeah, skiing slalom or something. Yeah. yeah, I love that because you have that time. You have every single skier that has one opportunity. They could mess up. They could not. You get sector splits. It's just dramatic and that's why yeah. i'm sticking with an eight out of ten but yeah i do agree that the format is a bit clunky and uh, and could have could have done with a bit trim a uh, bit trimming down i think let's go to the next one now which is aggregate qualifying which happened in 2005 so to run you through this one uh, there was two single lap qualifying runs added together one on saturday the other on sunday morning it was dropped after six races. And the last 13 races of 2005, uh, the drivers set a single flying lap on race fuel and the order went out determined by the previous race. So let's go to the aggregate qualifying first. Gone after six races, Tommy, but still not the biggest failure <laughs> of qualifying ever in terms of how quickly it's been dropped. No, but it was still pretty disastrous. And I, I think the problem here was... Uh, so you still had that one lap qualifying format, but they were like, what if it's two laps and they get added together? Um, and they thought it was a great idea. Um, and to be fair, the first year they did it and, and you know, the, the early races, uh, I remember one, uh, because this was all about shaking up the order, right? And having, you know, adding more jeopardy into qualifying because if you get a mixed up grid, the racing is more exciting. And I remember, I think it was Melbourne, right? And Michael Schumacher was doing his second uh, part of qualifying and it just rained. And it's like, that was it. Like that, that was the jeopardy of one lap qualifying. It was like, tough, you're on the track and it's raining. There's nothing you can do. Um, so it did mix up the order. The problem that everyone hated was the fact that the 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 when you were determined to actually be on pole was Sunday morning, which is a really weird time because Sunday morning it's like it's all about the Grand Prix, and then we're very much in the TV era now of Formula One, and you had broadcasters. We didn't have a dedicated Sky Sports F1 channel. This was on ITV in the UK and. Uh, probably on a lot of like freeview tv which was great but the broadcasters were like well no saturday's qualifying that's when we broadcast qualifying now we've got to put an extra bit of formula one on sunday morning it's too early that it wastes people's day then but then saturday becomes irrelevant so people won't want to watch saturday uh and i think the problem here 
worse than the actual format itself was the fact that qualifying was decided Sunday morning before the race. No one wants to to see that happen. Yeah, it's a weird, a weird format because when you think of how Formula One is these days, it's very much catering to as many fans around the world in terms of an accessible time. Of course, it's not going to be for everyone. Sorry, Australian fans. But realistically, that's what they try and do is they're now trying to cater more towards American audiences, for example, and, and pushing the race start times a little bit later. Having what is essentially the the biggest part of qualifying on Sunday morning I can only imagine what time some of those sessions started. And I bet the viewing figures weren't great either if it was really, really early for European uh, audience. Yeah, imagine Suzuka, right? Yeah, it would have happened at like 1 a.m. or something. That's crazy. So I'm not surprised they dropped it after six races. I imagine they looked at the figures and went, oh, it's a good format if time didn't matter. Uh, So I I didn't mind it as an idea, but it just unless they did it both on the same day, there wasn't really much point in in doing it on over two days. Uh, so then, of course, the format changed, and this is where it yep. was setting a single flying lap on race fuel, and the order went out determined by the previous race. Uh, so they didn't have that clunky first session that we just spoke about between 2003 and 2004. No. Uh, so maybe we should actually split this into two parts of... Uh, of ratings? Kind of yeah. The aggregate qualifying and then the good one lap the good qualifying (laughs) yeah just one thing actually i've just got up the results from the 2005 australian grand prix that i mentioned um so it rained during q1 on the saturday um which meant uh, it was a very weird quirk that it rained so there was big huge gaps and then you knew that when you set your next lap it wasn't actually really going to change the order that much because they're not very close gaps um so if you actually go onto Wikipedia and look at the 2005 Australian Grand Prix results, it is probably the weirdest qualifying order you'll ever see in terms of like times because Fisichella's on pole and Yano Trulli's second, but he's 2.9 seconds off and he's on the front row. Uh, you've got Kimi Raikkonen who made the top 10 who's 14 seconds off pole, <laughs> <laughs> which is just absolutely mad. So, That's crazy. Yeah, a really weird, a re- really weird session to look at, and I guess it's one of those things that if you look back now and never watched that era, you just look at that and go, "Wait, what on earth was Formula One doing in this era where someone could be tenth but fourteen seconds off the pace?" So basically, Fisichella was the absolute goat, is what we're saying here. Like two point nine <laughs> seconds. Well, no, the point. problem was he. The the good thing was he had the the good track conditions and. Yeah, but I reckon Fisichella stands just won't say that. No, 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 it was dry the whole weekend. He was just unreal. (laughs) Um, So it's probably worth mentioning as well, those last 13 races, they didn't go out. The the order was reversed, determined by the previous race, right? So Schumacher or whoever it was didn't go out first in 2005. No, no, it was at the end. So that was actually a a race where we got uh, 2005 Japan. A lot of people know that race uh, where Kimi won from the back and you actually had an amazing race because uh qualifying was wet and uh the drivers that had done well in the previous race were the top drivers of Kimi Raikkonen, Alonso, Montoya, Schumacher, but they qualified 14th, 16th, 17th and 18th, which is just like the dream, right? The perfect like how much would we just want that to happen now? Just reverse grid. With all the reverse grid essentially. They got that reverse grid because of that format it just it just 
there were some moments where the weather with one lap qualifying just played it out so nicely. Okay, so let's let's grade them then. Aggregate qualifying, I'm going to give a four out of ten, uh, just purely because I think the idea was right, but the execution just wasn't able to be done properly. Uh, and again, having two separate sessions on two separate days, which all both go into qualifying, just doesn't work. Yeah, I'm going to go for a three out of ten. Um, again, yeah, it's just there. There, it was all right, um, but. I think it really killed it having it on a, a Sunday morning. It just it just made it unwatchable. Fair enough. And then we move to the the better part of two thousand and five, the single flying lap uh, on race fuel. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I really like the fact that again, it kind of just going back to my other points of having that element of race fuel in qualifying. I quite enjoyed it. It, it mixed up the grid slightly. Then the single lap format as well. Solid nine out of ten. Thank you very much. I'm going for an eight out of ten. Um, just yeah i think this was the best version of one lap qualifying um that we actually got uh you know less less complicated uh, and it worked quite well but it was the best format and maybe of of qualifying and then they got rid of it they did get rid of it but they got rid of it for this next format which you may well be familiar with the three-part knockout and this has happened between 2006 to the present day, kind of, with one small blip where they just tried to change it, which we'll get onto very shortly. Uh, drivers knocked out after Q1 and Q2, and then Q3 having the top 10, which I'm sure you don't need any explanation for. This format is juicy. Uh, it's, it's one of those formats which I think, well, you all know what tweak I would make to Q3, but apart from that, it does the job. We have... Three sessions, the time's reset at the start of each time. It's not like you can just stick a lap in right at the start and, you know, then it starts raining and the whole qualifying session's ruined. There's a small window of 18 minutes, 15 minutes, 12 minutes where we have these 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 crescendos, as Tommy calls them. And I, lo- I love this qualifying format. I think it's really, really good. Yeah, I think there's a reason that... Uh, this is this i think this shows just how good this format is that in an era where formula one is so desperate to tweak everything and change things and make it more entertaining that something has managed to last since 2006 well, and don't, not really don't forget mate, i had 45 year span at the start you know what i mean there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in a, in this kind of new era yeah. changing it and making it more entertaining i think that that just showcases just how great this this is um you know it it's got the best bits of the the one hour session where people just go out and and lap where they want. But the problem with that is everyone just sat in the pit lane. So you have the Q1 where you have to do it in a certain amount of time. So everyone's going out, setting their laps, um, and that covers it off nicely. Uh, and then I think also it does add a little bit of jeopardy because in Q1, if you have a problem in those first 15 minutes, so say we go back right back to 1996 and Michael Schumacher's shunted it in FP3 or whatever. Why is it always uh, Michael or, Schumacher? Like, can we? Because he is the driver that comes to mind. Yeah, I know, but you're in that era. Let's talk, talk about him shunting, <laughs> all right? I'm a big Schumi fanboy, don't you dare. <laughs> but, but say he's had a problem or something. No, in, in anyone FP3. else. Jacques Villeneuve. Okay. Oh, there we go. Jacques Villeneuve has had a problem. And uh, it doesn't matter too much because at the end, he can just wait in the pits, they can fix the car, and then by the end of the session he comes in. But we've seen this before, haven't we, in, in Q1. If you don't you don't get out in time or there's a problem, you've only got 
15 minutes to to get it done you can't just set your lap at the end of the session and even if you're quick um so we have had drivers knocked out i think it was telling that i think it was bottas up until fairly recently was like the only driver that had made it into q3 for like four years in a row or something like that so like that just shows that we have had big moments where a hamilton of a stappen or whatever have gone out in q1 like verstappen's well saudi uh this year right it was verstappen's problem that he had they might have fixed that in the old days and got him back out and he would have just easily set set pole later on but no you have the jeopardy of the knockout format and i think it works really 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 nicely and i think a lot of people agree with you as well tommy it's uh, it's one of those that i don't see much negativity towards it at all uh, which is surprising for Formula One fans to not be complaining about something to do with qualifying, mm. including us ourselves. You know, do but, you have one con? What would you say is the one con for it? One lap shoot and Q three. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to. I mean, I, I agree. It's hard to disagree. With that. I think that would elevate the excitement to another level. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree because the the only thing I would say with Q three, the 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 disappointing bit is maybe the fact that. We don't, I, d- I don't know, it doesn't, it does normally come to that nice conclusion at the end, but it would be nice to see everyone's laps in a 100%. row. You, you get from from 5th to 10th, you, you never see them in Q3 at all. They just focus on Everstappen or Leclerc, whoever's going to get pole, and they don't focus on anyone else. So I think, yeah, if you did have that, that for me would be a 10 out of 10. Just We have the same have brain. Exactly now. And then Q3. I know. Sorry, everyone that loves us to disagree. I know. We're like, Matt and Tommy, please disagree. That, that for me is the perfect quality format. Absolutely. And that's why I'm rating this a nine out of 10, uh, because I, I like the, the one lap format previously that we spoke about in 2005. And I also think this is a really, really good format as well. That one tweak would take me to a 10 out of 10. Uh, I sound like a robot, uh, what Tommy just said, but that's literally what I think. And uh, this is why we started P1 with Matt and Tommy, because we we are like-minded F1 fans, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, but yeah, I imagine you're going to rate exactly the same, Tommy. Exactly, a 9 out of 10, because it's it's almost perfect. 10 out of 10 for that, that Q3 shootout. One that, please. Now, we've been speaking about perfection and we've been speaking about the fact that Formula One hasn't changed qualifying since 2006. Well, they tried back in 2016. Elimination qualifying. Oh, my God. So if you weren't watching Formula One in this period, it's probably a good job. These two races (laughs) were the biggest farce of all time. So let me run you through what happened. So it was normal Q1, Q2, Q3 format and a five-minute window at the start of the session. So that's basically where the elimination doesn't kick in. And then every 90 seconds, a driver is then eliminated. So the idea was to have it until the final two were basically fighting for pole. And it's supposed to be this big moment of who can set the fastest lap or whatever. But it just did not work at all. Like the tight, I don't know who was thinking this was a good idea. No. Because. The whole point of qualifying is is preparing for your lap and the fact that some drivers essentially got knocked out because they couldn't get round quickly enough to actually start a lap to improve. Exactly, it doesn't work. It, it had so work. much anti-climax to it, didn't it, where even the commentary was going, oh, uh, oh, okay, so he's out now. Yeah, it's like, oh, Palmer's just gone out. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's halfway round. 
his this is the thing it didn't work this might have worked dare i say in an era with maybe like the goodyear tires or bridgestone tires but nowadays formula one is all about you do your your outlap uh, you, you prep the car as much as possible then you get one lap on the tires and then you do your in lap so it doesn't work because it doesn't like if you set a lap that's good enough or it's good enough for 15th and you're the next eliminated driver you you can't go quicker because the <laughs> tires aren't good enough to do a lap or you've not got enough fuel to go around anyway it, it doesn't it literally doesn't work it, it literally doesn't work and the the teams all told formula one this before they did the before they did it that this won't work because it it simply will not happen the way you think it will this is great in cycling where they have that elimination race it's really exciting because uh you know in cycling you don't have degrading tires or fuel or whatever you you can hang back and then sprint and then you're, you're fine but Tom one, there's so much <laughs> I, know, I know so much about it um but this this doesn't work because you've got there's so much prep time there's so much uh yeah so much of that stuff to do so it's it's impossible for it for it to make it happen and then even worse was that it didn't work in the first row it's absolutely ridiculous and they went let's try it one more time and then it didn't work again and <laughs> got rid of it uh, this is the perfect example if uh, of if it ain't broke don't fix it because it was yeah. of course previously to this the three-part knockout that everyone loved then to change it in such a dramatic way that just ruined all elements of the spectacle and the excitement of the end of each of these uh, qualifying sessions just meant that i mean the fact that they threw it out after two races gives you all the indication you need of how bad this went down like it was insane yeah. there was not one good word to be said about it it was just it was just so so stupid and and yeah the fact that in formula one's mind that they thought this would would have that kind of it comes down to two drivers and it's going to be so exciting you have that don't you in in if anyone that watches formula e mm. they do a they do like a one lap duel if you like so you have like the top two drivers battling it out and i guess in their mind formula one is like this is how it would work you'd have the two best drivers on the track battling out it just doesn't work that way because 90 seconds is not enough time for a formula one car that that's a you know they, they need to come back in the pits prepare get new tires on come back Imagine out doing around spa there's literally a longer lap than 90 seconds exactly so so it doesn't matter where you are on the on the track it just it just is was never going to work no matter what they did and then all they could do is increase the elimination format to like four or five minutes but then it would just be boring then there's no point yeah there's no point you might as well just have the knockout format that we have now um which is the good one that everyone likes so just keep it Exactly. Uh, I love Apart how one I love how Tom. <laughs> I love how you're you get, you're actually getting quite you know quite aggressive with your argument here, as if Formula One are debating bringing this back. You're like, no, it just doesn't work. Like, just don't do it. And uh, so that's why I'm going to give this a zero out of ten. It was a disaster. There's no part of that that I like. Just get in the bin, and it was in the bin. So thank you very much, Formula One, for putting it in the bin. I was going to give it a one out of ten, but now I've spoken about it. There is literally no good qualities of it at yeah, all. Right, and that. I think the fact that the fact that it replaced a format that was absolutely fine as well. It was literally, yeah, like fixing a problem that wasn't there. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to have to be zero. Wow. 
Sorry, Elimination qualifying fans out there. I know there might be one of you. Um, so I'm sure there'll be someone in, on social media that go, actually, I quite liked it. Um, but I, I actually look forward to seeing who that person might be. I'm looking at the the Formula One website where they're, they've got like a talking, like bigging up that is going to be super exciting. And it's like uh, the slowest driver will be eliminated every 90 seconds from the 22 entries this year. 15 will progress into Q2 and 8 into Q3 until there are just two men fighting it out for the right to start from pole. It sounds very good but yeah it just was it was not well there you go that is at the end of our qualifying ratings let us know in the comments section whether that'll be on social media or youtube or wherever you uh can can send us a message uh to let us know what you rate each of those because we'd be fascinated to see if we are very far away from public opinion or if we've uh, nailed it on the head tommy final thoughts please my final thoughts are that i've mm-hmm. already said about Q3 being on lap. No, I don't need you to regurgitate um, so your thoughts. Come on. I need something original. Frank, save me. As if I you've gone to me. your dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's Frank's final thoughts now. That is, that's quite the noise that just came down the microphone. Look at the state of him. He's so soppy. Uh, my final <laughs> thoughts are, cannot wait for P1 with Matt, Tommy and Frank at the next live show. I'd, I just can't wait to see how he would be on stage. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, and also, I'm looking forward to Formula One coming back. It is almost race week. You best believe at Finally. one minute past midnight, I will be tweeting something around it being race week because... We all need it back. (laughs) Uh, So I look forward to uh, making some more content very soon for you all. And uh, thank you very much, Tommy. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. And thanks, Frank, for looking like an absolute weirdo. Oh, he's waving. Bye, everybody. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.